What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of Shanira Selden, a 25-year-old woman from Louisville, Kentucky. On October 21st, 2019, Shanira disappeared. A week later, her body was found in the Ohio River. Police initially ruled her death a suicide, but the circumstances surrounding Shanira's death are not black and white, and her mother believes Shanira was murdered. What happened to Shanira? This is Shanira's story. The saddest part about hosting a true crime podcast like this is the fact that there are no shortage of stories. There are so many stories about missing and murdered women of color that there is no way that anyone would ever be able to tell all of their stories. But I have noticed that during my short time as a true crime podcast host that the families of the victims have the most powerful voice when it comes to people knowing about what happened to their loved ones. People listen when family members speak about the victims. And in cases that involve missing people or unsolved murders, no one can advocate for a victim better than the people that love them. There are stories like Kira Coles and Francesca Alvarado, whose cases I covered, and their stories would have never been told had their families not been at the forefront. But it's not easy. It's hard to tell strangers about the worst thing that happened to you and your family. And so being able to find the strength to tell their story and advocate for them is a strength that I don't know if I even have. So for those that don't know, I have a TikTok and I use it to promote episodes. And I also recently started Black Girl Gone News where I cover, you know, some stories that have recently happened in the media. But it wasn't long after I started my TikTok back in May that I came across the page of Shamika Selsmore. I was scrolling through my For You page, which for people who are not on TikTok, it's like your explore page on Instagram. It just shows you, you know, videos for your in your feed. Um, and so I was scrolling and it was right after Mother's Day and Shamika's video came up. And in the video, she says that, you know, her daughter and her grandson have not wished her a happy Mother's Day, even though they lived right in her house. And then she, you know, lets, you know, 
says, you know, let's go see what they have to say for themselves. And then she turns the camera and there are two urns, one for her four-year-old grandson, Aiden, and one for her 25-year-old daughter, Shanira. And my heart instantly broke for her. I had no idea how she had lost her daughter and her grandson. And, you know, then I visited her page and listened to her story. And there she starts to tell the story about what happened to her daughter and her grandson um, in, in several videos. And I watched every single video. Um, you know, the story about what happened to Shanira is both extremely sad and extremely frustrating. You know, listening to her mother talk about the death of her child, a death that she believes was caused by someone else, is something that I just, I will never, ever get used to. Shamika is telling Shanira's story, not so that we can be voyeurs of her grief and the hardest thing that she's ever had to deal with. She's telling her story because in her heart, she knows that her daughter was murdered. And she wants people to hear her story. What happened to Shanira happened less than two years ago. So this is very fresh and very new. And the truth about what led up to her death is still out there. There's very little public information out there about Shanira's death. So this entire story is, you know, pulled straight from Shamika's stories on, on TikTok. So Shanira was born on May 17, 1994 in Florence, South Carolina. And growing up, it was easy for her mother Shamika to see that the beauty that Shanira had was, you know, both inside and out. She was described as a really good kid growing up who never really got in any trouble. She had the brightest smile and you can tell that she had the kind of smile that you know, would make other people around her smile when she smiled. It's just like how beautiful her smile was. So when Shanira gave birth to her son, Aiden, being a mom became her entire world. Shanira's mom said that she loved being a mom and it was evident by the relationship that she had with her son. But in 2018, however, Shanira's whole world was taken from her. In April 2018, Shanira and Aiden were on their way to a funeral in North Carolina. And while driving through Virginia, Shanira lost control of her vehicle and her car crashed. And four-year-old Aiden died on impact. And just like that, Shanira's young life changed forever. I mean, no parent should ever have to bury their child. But a four-year-old, that's just unimaginable. Aiden was cremated, and Shanira tried to piece her life back together when, you know, the biggest piece of her life was now gone. But as expected, Shanira, you know, took the death of her son really, really hard. But according to Shamika, Shanira's mom, you know, Shanira was really taking it day by day, and she had a loving family around her supporting her and, you know, helping her kind of, you know, get through. Now, she was never going to get over the death of Aiden, but, you know, she was here and she was going to make the best of that. Now, I'm pretty sure anyone who has experienced significant loss in their life can tell you that grief is something you always live with and that some days the grief is more present than others, but it's always there. 
So in November 2018, according to Shamika, Shanir's mom, a young man named Jonathan that Shamika had taken under her wing a few years earlier had called her and said that he needed a place to stay for a while. Now, Jonathan had been someone that Shamika had known for years. He was familiar to her family, and he had even called Shamika mom. Now, Jonathan had been dealing with some issues, and so he said that he really just needed to get out of the city and and get away for a little while. Now, Shamika, you know, really cared about Jonathan, and so she says, you know, it's okay, yes, you can come and stay at my house. Now, at this time, Shanira was also living with her mom. And so after a few months of Jonathan, you know, living there, uh, uh, in Shamika's house, uh, Shanira and Jonathan started dating. Now, according to Shamika, she was not happy about this relationship, mostly because she knew that Shanira was still grieving the loss of her son. And so she was really emotionally vulnerable and not ready to be, you know, in a relationship and possibly not thinking clearly. Now, Shamika was afraid that, you know, the relationship, you know, was just something that she was, you know, possibly using, you know, as a as a crutch during during this time. So Shamika's motherly instincts, you know, told her that this relationship was not good for Shanira. But, you know, Shanira's an adult and she's able to make her own decisions at this time. And so Shamika doesn't want to alienate her daughter and her daughter has made the decision that she wants to date this man. And so, you know, Shamika has no other choice but really to support her daughter, um, you know, during this time. And so despite Shamika's reservations about Shanira and Jonathan's relationship, they seemed to get really close really fast, and Shanira did seem to be happier. And as a mom, I'm sure seeing Shanira happy meant more to Shamika than anything, and so she really had no other choice but just to continue to support Shanira's decision. Now, after a few months of dating, though, Shamika started to notice that Jonathan was showing signs that he was possibly using drugs. Now, Shamika is a therapist and she specializes in addiction. And so she could recognize the signs. And so once she knew that, you know, something was going on with Jonathan and that he was possibly taking drugs, she knew that she had no other choice but to ask Jonathan to leave. You know, there are other people in the house whose safety she had to be concerned about. And so I'm sure that played, you know, a role or factor in her decision to ask him to leave. Now, Shamika knew that asking Jonathan to leave would probably mean that Shanira would go with him. Now, Jonathan denied that he was using drugs. And when Shamika asked him to take a drug test, he refused and then instead chose to just leave. And Shanira went with him. Now, it's not clear where they went, but I assume that they maybe went to go stay with some friends for a little while because according to Shamika, Jonathan didn't have anything at that time. He didn't have any money, he didn't have a place. So, you know, my assumption is that they probably, you know, went to some friend's house. But Shanira and her mom had always been close. And so even though she had, you know, kind of technically moved out, she was coming back and forth to her mom's house. And, you know, because she knew that no matter what, you know, she was always welcome home and she could always come home. Now, Shamika said that there were times when it seemed like Shanira knew that Jonathan wasn't the right one. 
But Shanira seemed to, you know, love Jonathan, and she also seemed to feel sorry for him, too. He apparently didn't have a lot of people in his life that cared about him, and Shanira, whose heart had been broken when Aiden died, just didn't want to leave him. Now, Shanira and Jonathan eventually moved into the house that they, you know, a house that they shared with a roommate. And the couple seemed to be doing okay at first, but according to Shamika, Jonathan started acting weird, you know, not too long after they moved in. And, you know, Shanira started to really battle about whether or not she should really stay with Jonathan. Now, not long after moving into the house with Jonathan, Shamika got a call from Shanira, and Shanira asked Shamika to pick her up. And when Shamika picked Shanira up, she could tell that something was off about her. Now, at first, Shamika thought that maybe Shanira was just tired, but then she quickly realized that Shanira was high. Now, Shanira told her mom that the night before, she had smoked weed with Jonathan and his friend, but that was it, and she had not taken anything else, but, you know, her mom is has a background in addiction, and she can kind of tell that Shanira has more in her system than just weed. And so she takes Shanira to the hospital. And they run some tests, and the doctors tell Shanira that she has meth in her system. Now, Shamika said that when the doctor told, you know, told Shanira that there was meth in her system, you could tell that by the look on her face that you know, she had not taken meth and that she also looked like someone had betrayed her. Shanira was small. She was only five foot one and she weighed about a hundred pounds. And so the meth was really taking a toll on her. And so as a precaution, Shamika, you know, checked Shanira into a hospital so that she could detox properly. Now, when Shanira came home from the hospital, you could tell that, you know, that experience had really scared her. Shanira did not go back to the house with Jonathan. She went home with her mom. Now, Shamika knew that Shanira shouldn't go back to Jonathan's house, and she did everything in her power to convince Shanira to stay with her. Shamika was afraid for her daughter at this point. You know, she had already had reservations about Shanira being with Jonathan in the first place, and now she ended up with meth in her system that she didn't willingly take. Now, for a moment, however, Shanira seemed to agree with Shamika that, you know, maybe she shouldn't go back to live with Jonathan. Now, one night during a conversation with her mom, Shanira confides to Shamika that, you know, she feels foolish. And then she tells Shamika that one of Jonathan's friends, you know, really makes her feel uncomfortable. And then she tells her mom that Jonathan and his friend keep trying to make her, quote-unquote, do stuff. And when Shamika asks her what kind of stuff, Shamira says that it's sexual stuff. And so, you know, Shamika, you know, reassures her daughter, you know, that she doesn't have to do anything that she does not want to do. And it does seem like at this moment that Shanira was coming to the conclusion that her mom, you know, that her mom had already come to, which was that she needed to leave Jonathan alone. Now, Shanira, who was Muslim, started to pour into her religion. She went on the CB diet, you know, and she really tried to center herself after all that she had been through recently. Shanira, you know, she wanted to be a nurse, and so she re-enrolled in school, and she started working on her credit, and she started focusing on herself. 
she was still speaking to Jonathan from time to time, according to Shamika, but, you know, the conversations were different. Shanira seemed to be moving on, and she seemed to be doing really well. But soon, however, Jonathan started making his way back into Shanira's head. He began trying to convince her that, you know, she should come back and live with him, and Shanira slowly but surely, you know, let her guard back down. Now, Shanira told Shamika that, you know, Jonathan was sober and, you know, you know, when she spoke to him, he sounded sober. And, you know, Shanira told her mom that she was going to be okay and then she, she could take care of herself. She was an adult. You know, she told her mom that she needed to trust her. But Shamika did trust Shanira. It was Jonathan and his influence over Shanira that Shamika didn't trust. Now, on October 11th, 2019, Shamika gets a call from her son, and he tells her that Shanira's gone. And her son tells her that, you know, someone came to the house and picked Shanira up, and she left. So Shamika, she has cameras on the outside of her house, and so she decides to check the footage, and she sees Shanira leave the house and get into a car. Now, Shamika immediately starts calling Shanira's phone, but Shanira's not picking up. Now, finally, after calling several times, Shanira picks up the phone, and when Shamika asks her where she's going, she tells her mom that she's going back to Jonathan's house. Now, Shamika begs Shanira not to go, but, you know, she tells her mom to trust her, and she tells her, you know, mom, everything's going to be okay. And so Shamika could do nothing but be there for her daughter. Shanira was an adult, and these decisions were hers to make. All Shamika could do was be there for her daughter, every day, no matter what. Now, on Saturday, October 19th, 2019, Shamika spoke to Shanira via FaceTime. Now, a few days before, Shanira had asked Shamika to go to dinner with her because she needed to talk to her. But Shamika ended up getting sick that weekend, and so she had to cancel. Now, Shanira spoke to her mom on FaceTime, and she, you know, she wanted to show her her, her new job, and Shamika and Shanira spoke for a little while, and then Shamika said that, you know, they hung up, but she had no idea that that was going to be the last time that she would actually see Shanira alive. Now, the next day, Sunday, Shamika gets a text from Shanira's phone. Now, according to Shamika, it was odd for Shanira to text her because she would either talk to her on the phone or she would FaceTime her. But, you know, Shanira asked her mom via text, you know, how she was doing, how she was feeling. They exchange a few messages and then the conversation ends. And that was the last communication that she got from her daughter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, on October 21st, 2019, Shamiki was at work when she got a text from Shanira's phone. Now, the text said, hey, sorry to bother you, but is Shanira with you? Now, Shamika automatically got a sinking feeling. She knew something was very, very wrong. 
Clearly, Jonathan was texting from Shanira's phone. So where was Shanira and why does she not have her phone? So Shamika called Shanira's phone and Jonathan picks up. And Shamika's question is, what do you mean is Shanira with me? Is she not with you? And Jonathan's reply, according to Shamika, is that him and Shanira were not quote-unquote vibing like they used to and that she had asked him for some space. Now, he told Shamika that he had spent the night at his mom's house the night before and that when he came back in the morning that Shanira was gone. Oh, Shamika tells Jonathan that, you know, she's at work right now and that if Shanira hasn't come home, you know, by the time she's done at noon, that she was coming to the house and that she wasn't coming alone. And so Jonathan's response to her is like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go look for her right now. I'm going to go look for her right now. So Jonathan had told Shamika that he had spent the night at his mom's house. And so Shamika calls Jonathan's mom and he she asks him, you know, when was the last time that you saw Jonathan and Shanira? And Shamika said that she tells her that the last time she saw them was on Saturday, October 19th. Now, when Shamika asked her, you know, what about the last time you saw just Jonathan? She said Saturday, that she hadn't seen in either of them since Saturday, which, of course, is a huge red flag for Shamika. So Jonathan's mom said that he did not spend the night at, you know, her home on Sunday, which means that Jonathan was not telling the truth about where he was the night before. So when noon came and went and Shanira still had not shown up, Shamika went to the house that Shanira stayed at with Jonathan and she called the police. Now, Shamika could clearly tell that Jonathan was high when she got there. And, you know, she told him, you know, the police are on the way. And his response was that he had a warrant. But Shamika did not care about that. And she told him that he needed to stay and speak to the police about where her daughter is. So the police arrive at the house and they speak to Shamika and they speak to Jonathan. And Shamika says that the police tell her that Jonathan just doesn't seem like he's being honest about what happened. Now, they give her the number for the missing persons detective and then they tell her that she needs to reach out to him immediately. And so that's exactly what Shamika does. She calls him, but while she's waiting for the detective to call her back, she starts to canvass the area near where Shanira and Jonathan were living. Shamika also started calling her friends, you know, let them know what was going on. And they also came out to start helping in the initial search area around where they lived. Now, during their search, they ended up stopping by Jonathan's friend's house, where Jonathan was at the time. And Shamika said that once they arrived, you know, all the people inside the house end up coming out on the side of the porch. And they're all saying, you know, they don't know where Shanira is. They haven't seen her. Now, Jonathan's friend says that the last time that he saw Shanira was Saturday when she was at, their, at his house and that Shanira wasn't in good spirits. He tells Shamika that Shanira was sad and that she was rocking. Now, Shamika knows her child, and she knew that this just wasn't true, that that's not true. She had also talked to Shanira on Saturday, and Shanira didn't seem sad then. 
So Shamika believed that they were just trying to create a reason why Shanira would have possibly left on her own. But Shamika knows that Shanira would not have left on her own. I mean, yes, she was still very much grieving the loss of her son, but Shanira wasn't suicidal. She would not just have just disappeared. Now, Shamika and her friends immediately started an all-out search for Shanira. They started searching everywhere. They quickly made missing person flyers, and they began handing them out and plastering them all over the city. Now, Shamika, who was now in possession of Shanira's phone, starts you know, going through her phone to see if she can find anything that will give her any signs or any clues about where Shanira might be. But she immediately noticed that there was unanswered calls and unanswered text messages from Jonathan, and they took place at the exact same time that he told Shamika that he had left the house on Sunday. But why was he calling her, you know, back-to-back, sending multiple text messages if they weren't quote-unquote vibing, and he was going to go stay at his mom's house unless they were arguing? But Jonathan says that they were not arguing and he doesn't know why Shanira didn't answer his calls or didn't answer his text messages. Now, Shamika also saw that there are others, there's other suspicious activity in Shanira's phone. Now, after accessing Shanira's phone, she found out that she could access Jonathan's messages also through Shanira's phone because he had previously accessed his messages on her phone. And so Shamika was able to piece together that Jonathan had actually lied about what time he got home on Sunday. Now, he said that he arrived at 8.30 a.m., but he had texted his friend at 9.30 a.m., and he was still on the bus. And so according to Shamika, there was also several other inconsistencies in Jonathan's story. Now, Shanira's family is continuing to search for her, but... Shamika kept going back to Jonathan's messages, trying to find out what happened to Shanira. Now, Shamika ended up coming across a message about a sexual encounter that Jonathan had allegedly had with his friend, the young man whose house that he had visited the day that Shanira went missing, and who said that he had last saw Shanira on Saturday and that she was sad and rocking. Now, the the encounter had apparently happened the Sunday before Shanira went missing. Now, had Shanira found out about this sexual encounter? I mean, if Shamika could access Jonathan's text messages through Shanira's phone, then perhaps Shanira had also seen those same messages. Now, two days after Shanira went missing, her family organized a search party to find Shanira. Shamika was trying to keep her hope alive that, you know, Shanira was going to be found alive. But... Jonathan, however, did not seem concerned. He never helped in any of the searches. He never posted on any any flyers or any of the flyers on his social media or anywhere. And while everyone that loved Shanira was out searching for her, Jonathan was packing up his stuff to leave the home that he shared with Shanira. It was almost as if he knew that she was not coming back. And so days go by. And Shamika and her friends and family have been searching nonstop. The local news has, you know, picked up the story, but there were still no signs of Shanira. Now, Shamika would tell 
you know, would she was calling around, she was calling everybody, she would call the morgue just to see, you know, if her body had been brought in unidentified. But after five days, there was nothing. They were not finding any traces of Shanira. It was like she vanished into the thin air. Now, Jonathan told Shamika that when Shanira left, she was wearing a pea coat, which is another part of the story that made absolutely no sense to Shamika because the day that Shanira left, it was like 70 plus degrees that day. So why would she put on a wool pea coat to go for a walk? Now, Shanira had, Shanira had left everything behind. Her phone, her wallet, her hijab, and a picture of her son that she you know, carried everywhere, a teddy bear with his underwear that she took with her everywhere. The only things that were missing were her peacoat and a pair of Air Maxes. Now, despite the inconsistencies and the suspicious behavior surrounding Shanira's disappearance, the Louisville Police Department was doing very little to investigate what happened to Shanira. Shamika and her friends had to lead their own investigation, and they were doing what the police were not. But as the days went on and the grief and dread was taking over, Shamika refused to believe that tragedy could strike her family twice. They had just lost Aiden, and now Shanira is missing. Now, Shamika did all that she could to not give up searching, but as time went on, hope started to fade. Her oldest daughter had already begun to mourn her sister. She had always had a connection to her sister, and she couldn't feel her presence here on Earth anymore. The following Sunday, a week after Shamika last spoke to Shanira, she was sitting down to have dinner with her wife and her granddaughters, getting ready, you know, just to have a meal. And a news flash came across her phone. And the newsflash said that a body had been found in the Ohio River. And Shamika said that she immediately knew that it was Shanira. Now, when the body was found, there was no information about whether the body was male or female, but Shamika just knew that it was Shanira. Now, the body was found in Indiana, and so the connection to Shanira isn't automatically made. And when Shamika calls the coroner in Louisville, you know, she can't find out any information because the body was in a different state. Now, the next Monday, Shamika still has not heard from the police about the discovery of the body. And so a small piece of Shamika thought that for a moment that maybe it wasn't Shanira. And then she gets a call. And it was the detective who was leading Shanira's case. He asked Shamika to come in to the station so that he could meet her face-to-face. And they actually kind of let you know how seriously he had been handling Shanira's case because it's been a week since Shanira has been missing and he hadn't even met her mother face-to-face. But when the detective asked Shamika to come in, she knows why. He didn't want to tell her on the phone, but she knew that they had found Shanira's body. So Shamika went to the station later on that day so that she could speak to the detectives. And when she gets to the, to the station, the detectives sit her down and they tell her that they are 98% sure that the body that they found is Shanira. 
Now, when police told Shamika that, you know, they believe they had found Shanira's body, she said she felt the air in her lungs, like, leave. She couldn't cry. She couldn't scream. She, she couldn't breathe. And while sitting there in shock, the coroner calls, you know, calls her to confirm that they are now 100% sure that the body was Shanira's. Now, Shamika, although in shock, asked the detectives, you know, what happened to Shanira? And police tell her that they aren't really sure yet, but they, you know, do not believe that foul play was involved and, you know, they think that she killed herself. You know, just like that. A day after her body was found, the police had apparently already done a thorough investigation and concluded that she had committed suicide. But Shamika, you know, she had just gotten the worst news of her life. A little over a year after she got the worst news of her life. And so when police said that, you know, they thought it was suicide, in her mind, she could not compute enough to push back. Like, her her heart knew that Shanira did not commit suicide, but in that moment, in those minutes after they told her Shanira was dead, it didn't matter how. It just mattered that it was. So, Shamika left the station, and she had to call everyone to tell them that Shanira was dead. A devastating but all too familiar task for Shamika, who just a little over a year before had to do the same thing when Aiden tragically died. And when she tells Shanira's sister what the police are saying, you know, her sister says to her mom, you know, you don't really think that Shanira killed herself, right? And Shamika did not believe that. Nothing that led up to Shanira's disappearance and now death made any sense. Everything was leading Shamika to believe that someone did something to Shanira. Now, after Shanira died, Shamika had several conversations with Jonathan, you know, asking him what happened to Shanira. And Shamika said that Jonathan gave her a hundred different stories about what could have happened to Shanira. I mean, he blamed everybody, people including his friends, his friend's girlfriend. He said that, you know, a whole bunch of other people may have been involved, but he never thought that Shanira killed herself. Now, none of his stories made any sense. And Shamika felt like Jonathan was lying, but police had apparently moved on from this case. They had determined that Shanira's death was a suicide, and so, you know, case closed. But Shamika knew better. Now, a few days after Shanira died, Shamika was getting her final affairs in order, and she needed to get a copy of Shanira's death certificate. And when she calls to get a copy... They tell her that Shanira's death is actually still under investigation. Now, this, of course, is news to Shamika because as far as she knew, they had ruled Shanira's death a suicide and and it was over. However, apparently when the coroner examined Shanira's body, they disagreed with the medical examiner who ruled her death a suicide by drowning. And they changed her cause of death to undetermined. Now, when Shamika speaks to the coroner, they tell her that, you know, she really needs to take a look at the autopsy photos to see for herself. And so 
you know, she sends Shamika the autopsy photos. And it's the first time that anyone has shared these pictures with Shamika. Now, immediately, several things about the autopsy report stand out to Shamika. The report said that Shanira took frequent walks by the river, which, according to Shamika, is not true. And, you know, she said if she did take frequent walks by the river, you know, then they would have searched near the river. The report also said that Shanira had multiple suicide attempts, which Shamika says is also untrue. The report also said that Shanira was depressed, which Shamika says is not true. She was sad, but she was not depressed. But what stood out the most for Shamika was how Shanira was found. Shanira was naked when her body was found. Yet, no rape kit was done. I mean, how many people take off all of their clothes before killing themselves? I mean, also, if she took off all of her clothes, then why weren't her clothes found near the river? I mean, where are her clothes? Shamika was also told that she had congestion in her neck, which Shamika found out almost a year later that it could have been caused by someone choking her. She also later found out that the water in Shanira's lungs was not caused or not consistent with someone who drowned, but was consistent with a body that had been in the water for six days. Not so ironically, none of the information in the autopsy report came from Shamika or Shanira's family. The portion about her being suicidal came from Jonathan. But despite all of these factors, Shanira's case goes cold. Shamika had Shanira cremated, which was her wish, and Shamika placed her urn next to her son. In March of 2020, the Louisville Police Department shot and killed Breonna Taylor. And in the city of Louisville, it became completely focused on Brianna's story. And so the whole world had eyes on Louisville. Shamika understood the attention that Brianna's case was getting, but she knew that she had to continue to fight for justice for her daughter. And so Shamika compiled all of the information she had found about her daughter's case and put it into a letter. And she sent it to every police agency that should have handled Shanira's death. Eventually, Shamika gets a call from a detective with the Indiana State Police after they receive her letter. And the detective basically tells Shamika that Shanira's death should have been investigated and that he's sorry that it wasn't. Now, the Indiana State Police reopened the investigation after taking it over from the Louisville Police Department. And they have promised Shamika that she will get the investigation that Shanira deserved two years ago. As of today, Shanira's case is being reinvestigated by the Indiana State Police, and Shamika hopes that this time she will find out what really happened to Shanira. Shamika is the reason why Shanira's case is being reinvestigated. She has never given up her fight to find out the truth about what happened to her daughter. If you Google Shanira's name, there are only a few articles that pop up, and none of them are about the suspicious circumstances of her death. If Shamika had not gotten on TikTok and started sharing Shanira's story, 
I would have most likely never heard about her story. Shanira was a beautiful girl with a broken heart, but she wasn't suicidal. No one who loved her and no one who was close to her believed that she would kill herself. I mean, why would Shanira take off all her clothes? And again, where are her clothes? These are questions that Shamika has yet to get an answer to. I agree with Shamika. The Louisville Police Department did not investigate what happened to Shanira. Someone told them that she was depressed and suicidal, and they just went with that. But something happened to Shanira that day. And I, like the many people following this story, believe that Shanira was met with foul play. I hope that her story gets more attention. I hope that people question what happened because Shanira needs justice and Shamika needs answers. In the span of 18 months, Shamika lost her only grandson and then her daughter. If you're on TikTok, I encourage you to follow Shamika so you can follow this case and support Shamika. You can search hashtag justice for Shanira to find her page. Shanira's life was so important to the people who loved her. And everyone should know her story. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new story. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps our show grow. If you can't get enough Black Girl Gone and you want to support the show, make sure you sign up for our Patreon to get an exclusive mini-sode in between episodes. As always, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Gone Podcast. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.